Welcome to Five on the Floor, a daily insider show on the Miami Heat and the NBA featuring Ethan Skolnick, Greg Sylvander, and Alex Toledo, plus others from the Five Reasons Sports Network. All right, welcome into the Five Reasons YouTube channel for the first ever edition of Five Live on the Floor. This is our new post-game show here on the Five Reasons Sports Network. We're going to be in a little bit of a trial situation here tonight. It's preseason game. It's preseason for us, too. Again, this is the first time we've done this. We're going to be going stream to pod this season. So no post-game show on the YouTube channel with separate podcasts. We're going to stream here. If you don't catch it here live, you can go and catch it later here on the channel. So make sure you like and subscribe. Or you can catch it on any of the podcast feeds, which, of course, includes Spotify, now Red Circle, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Radio FM, and more. So it's going to be two places that you can get it. But the difference between this year and last year is that you're going to be able to interact with us here in post game, which you can't do on a podcast. Also, we're going to be able to get it on the podcast feeds quicker than we used to because it does not require an edit. So as soon as we're finished here, it's going to go straight to the podcast feeds. You're going to be able to get it. Most of this season, just so everyone's aware, on the road games, Greg Sylvander is going to be the primary host because I'll be, excuse me, on the home games, Greg Sylvander will be the primary host because I will be at the home games uh, most of the time along with Brady or Alex or both. And again, at the road games, I will be the primary host unless I'm at the game and you'll have at least one other member of five on the floor. So again, Brady, Alex, or Greg, but we're going to be mixing in others from the Five Reasons Sports Network, including Brian Fonseca. Uh, Sean Rochester, Alana Tahauer, she's going to kill me for how I pronounce her name, and more. So that's the plan for this season here. But again, it gives you an opportunity to interact. What we're going to try to do here is we're going to spend the first half of the episode doing our thing. The second half of the episode, we're going to go through the comments and try to respond to some of the comments. So that's how we're going to do these episodes. They're not going to be an hour anymore on the stream, 20, 30 minutes out to the podcast feed. So again, we're going to do our best today. This is our trial run. Uh, I'm Jovich, I guess. We've got Jamal Kane here, who's Greg Sylvander. We've got Brady Hawk, who's Haywood Highsmith. And Alex Toledo is late. Uh, I don't know who that is tonight. But we'll get all four of us are going to be here. It's going to be unlikely that all four of us are going to be on most of these episodes. We are sponsored as we're going to be in every single episode this year. So we appreciate for supporting the channel as well by our friend Lynette. You can find her at insurancebylynette.com. There's the phone number, 954-581-8800, 954-581-8800. A Aggressive Insurance is an insurance broker agency that's been serving South Florida for over 15 years. They do auto insurance, homeowners insurance, condo insurance, life insurance. They also offer retirement programs and they do free notary services as well. If you have a bad driving record, I can attest to this. It's not my record, but somebody I know was able to get a lot car insurance for this person. I thought there was no possible way for that to actually happen. So go to insurancebylanette.com. Again, it's insurancebylanette.com. And she's a huge Miami Heat fan who will probably show up on these streams as well. All right. With who we've got right now, Brady and Alex, excuse me, Alex will be here shortly, Brady and Greg. And I, what we're going to do in the first half of this episode, yes, you will post the comments here 
We will get to reading some of the other comments in the second half if you have questions. So continue to post your comments. You can still do the super chat here. We certainly will take it and we'll make sure if you if you donate here super chat that we will absolutely get to your comments in the second half of the program. But what we're going to do today, preseason game, the Heat win in Brooklyn, uh, beat the Nets. Kevin Durant played. Uh, Kyrie Irving did not play. It seemed like that's all they talked about on the other feed. On the local feed, a lot more conversation about the guys on the Heat. Jimmy Butler, Kyle Lowry, and Bam Adebayo all did play. But we're going to focus more on the others, okay? So I'm just going to go through a list of some of the others. What did we like? What did we not like? Uh, I'm going to start right here with Nikola Jovic. I, I, to me, he's he's the conversation starter today. The strip steal and dunk, the beautiful lob pass, uh, some of the playmaking, and, and all of uh, all of the rest of the stuff that he showed. I'll just say this, okay? The guy who pounded the table for Nikola Jovic in the Heat organization was Adam Simon. I have complete trust in Adam Simon. Most of the decisions that Adam Simon has made when Pat Riley has deferred to Adam Simon – have worked out. He loved this kid. Absolutely loved this kid. Uh, Brady, you'll get to the specifics here in a second, but Greg, the big picture here for him, uh, we talked about him being included in trade packages. You're right. And not not contributing at all this year, right? Right. It's So it's funny. uh, And I said this on the off the floor subscriber feed. um, So I'll give you the subset of that version. Um, Wouldn't it be funny if PJ Tucker, PJ Tucker was not retained and essentially by drafting Nikola uh, Jovic and bringing in Haywood Highsmith, bringing him back, excuse me, that you would then be able to plug that hole. It's going to be funny if that's how this transpires. Cause I know a few people in the heat front office will likely be saying, we tried to tell y'all to not panic, but anyway, I don't know that we're there yet. I realize that it's early in the preseason, but you have to be, at least a little bit encouraged by this, right? Because you've got a young guy who I think nobody counts on. Everyone thought physically he wasn't going to be ready to play. And when I saw him out there, he doesn't look physically deficient in a way that would uh, not allow him to at least get some run here or there. So I think when you see that the passing and stuff like that, it is just, to me, it was super encouraging. And here's the biggest part of it. It's just, it's at a position of need at a skill set of need. So it's one of those perfect scenarios where you may have a really upside talented player that's young as heck and um, fills exactly a hole that you, that you need on this particular roster and rosters going forward. So again, it's one game, but the sunshine pumper that I am as people on Twitter have called me, I'm going to say that this is a super encouraging step for the Rook. Brady, when we saw him in summer league, there was the one game he popped, right? And there were other mm-hmm. games that he looked a little bit out of place. I, I talked to him in the Bahamas. Um, he talked about kind of acclimating to the team from a personality standpoint. Uh, I saw him sitting there talking to Bam, talking to Yurt, talking to others kind of about what to expect. He's, he's, he's skinny. He knows that. He doesn't want to put on a ton of weight and kill his flexibility, but the skill set is there like all right i mean we've seen that from the uh, offensively we've seen it from the very beginning he handles um he can shoot he has great court sense like i that that's the thing that jumps mm-hmm. out on the lob um the ability to make that pass from that that to me the strip steal was great but the ability to make the lob pass is what jumped out to me i mean if you have him playing high post and he can make that pass or, or playing from the elbows i i, I guess uh, we're going to get to a point where he fans are going to want to see this now 
Um, I still don't think that's the plan, but I also do think that maybe the plan of him being included to get someone is shelved for a while. Yeah, definitely. And you pointed out court sense. And the funny thing about that, even last game and this game, he's a system player where like, he's not one of those guys that's like a young rookie that goes out there and he just high usage, just putting the ball up. Like even when he's in these lineups with, with a bunch of the exhibit tens, he's still running their offense running pick and roll with Duncan, running handoffs with Duncan, screening away, like doing all these little things. That's like, okay, he's little by little trying to figure out this heat system and he's doing a really good job at it. And then you add in the fact, okay, I have to take my shots when my shots are there. And he was doing that. Like the, you're mentioning the passing and stuff, which I'll get to in a second, but the shot is fluid. Like we know that he could shoot it. A lot of the stuff that he was doing overseas was uh, pull-ups and off the dribble and, and step backs and all that type of stuff. But now you're in a system where it's, it's got to be catch and shoots. Like you kind of have to be able to hit the spot ups that are open when guys help off. And he was doing that. Like that's kind of the, uh, the element here. Um, but the passing is the natural part of his game. Like he's such a natural passer. Like even on the, like the posts, like when he's throwing the insert, pa- the entry pass, he's just like one hand, just bounce pass to get down low to the big. Like he's just very natural. Then he looked confident out there and comfortable where in some of those, those summer league games early on before he had the breakout, you could tell he wasn't comfortable. Like he just wasn't confident in himself. He didn't know, really know where to stand. He didn't know when to shoot and how to do it. Now he looks like he kind of knows when to go and, and kind of how to do it. So um, that's the key here. And I'll say, because coming into this, we, we had question marks about him defensively, which I still have on ball. Like he's still not going to be that type of defender, but he was, he was in the right spots defensively off the ball, like was positionally right. Like that one play that you point out right when he comes in, he's reading the corner. Like he's just sitting there waiting, waiting, waiting. And right when the pass is made, he jumps the lane and he gets it and goes down and gets a dunk out of it. Like if he could be serviceable like that and be able to just be smart, high IQ defensively, know where to stand, be able to just not get beat over and over backside. Like we've seen certain guys have that issue and that's problematic. Then you have something because now it's not as big of an issue with one sided. So uh, not to say that he's going to be this, this high level defender by any means, but it just has to be serviceable because the offensive stuff is there. Like they can mold stuff around him with the shooting and passing. Um, and like I said, it does not have to be high usage. He can, he's a good plug and play guy to put next to the bams and the jimmies of the world in the front court, because I just don't think he's going to need the, to kind of demand the ball by any means. All right, let's get to some of the young guys who may get front court rotation roles at some point down the line, but also, so that fans understand kind of what their status is with the team. So tonight, and we appreciate it, Sal Soprano, uh, for the donation. We'll always read the donations. I'm excited for the new format of the post-game show being a live five on the floor. Looking forward to the season with you guys. Thanks, fellas. We appreciate it. We're going to be working through this a little bit to see how it flows, but I, I kind of like where we're going with it. I'll just I'll say that. I think there's a lot we can do with this uh, format when you guys really didn't get a chance to interact with us uh, in the past. But – let, let me get uh, to this, Greg, because, you know, Hay- Haywood Highsmith started today, okay? No Caleb Martin. He's kind of first, right? He's first in line now. He was the two-way last year that got the, the – now he's got the long-term deal. He's first in line to play the four. But Highsmith played. Jamal Kane played and played really well, right? And this is consistent. Max Strews told me – I said, who's the most athletic guy here? He said, Jamal Kane. He said, wow. that guy jumps out of the gym, Okay. And then Darius Days did not play tonight, which I, I don't want to read too much into it because a lot of guys didn't play tonight. But could we go through the status? Obviously, Caleb's got a contract. He's fine. Okay. Haywood Highsmith, uh, Kane, Days. Just so fans understand, what is their status? Because that matters right now in terms of where they fit. So Hay- Haywood Highsmith is on a 
vet like a minimum deal and it's essentially uh it'll be guaranteed after the new league year like if i read if i read correctly and again i'm going off memory so keep me honest uh those of you in the chat i believe that it's some sort of like january 2023 deadline that his salary is guaranteed by there's no doubt they're gonna keep him um and he will be rostered as far as jamal kane specifically right now he's just on an exhibit 10 to my knowledge so that what that is is a contract that provides him enough financial incentives to funnel him to sioux falls so that he gets the ability to stay in the heat system and continue to play um miami heat basketball and such the the and then Darius Days is actually on the two-way contract at the moment. So he would be a player that you would expect to be seeing with these regulars because they're going to have to utilize their two-way players this, this season just as they've done the last couple years. So to me, it was a little informative that Darius Days didn't play tonight because I'd imagine maybe tomorrow night in Memphis they just let all the young guys run. And so to not see Darius Days get any minutes with the regulars um, – it's that's an interesting thing and something to watch for as it relates to Jamal Kane. But Haywood Highsmith, just let me circle back to him quickly. 20 minutes. He had zero points, five rebounds, five assists. If that's not a PJ Tucker stat line, I don't know one when I've seen one. So uh anyway, I'm continuing to push this agenda because I just his length, versatility, the fact that he never runs out of energy all the motor, all the stuff that you guys like to hear about heat players. Haywood Highsmith has that stuff. And uh, Jamal Kane is a guy that they really loved pre-draft. They pounced on him directly after the draft. They've loved him um, since he was at Marquette. He's in that Marquette funnel of players as well. Uh, so I just, th I think you have to love what you saw from him tonight too. But again, to be clear, I mean, they can swap the, 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 the two ways. So, I mean, what Absolutely. you're talking about, what we're talking about with Darius Days, we'll see where he plays over the next week or so. And it, it's significant to talk about Heat two ways because the Heat two way now is on a long term deal from last year. You're right. And the two ways from the previous year gave Vincent and Max Struess are now core rotation players and one's still a potential starter. So, you know, it it matters. I mean, it, it, I mean, it's either Max Struess or Caleb Martin's going to start on this team, most likely. And they were both two ways recently. Uh, Brady, I'll go to you and then we'll pivot to Alex a little bit. Alex just joined. Uh, we've, we've already talked Jovich and, and we've talked to some of these guys, uh, these young guys who fit in the mix, but, uh, Brady Kane specifically. And then I guess I'll go to Alex on that as well. Uh, I mean, it's an interest. We talk about an interesting skill set. The athleticism is there. Uh, the energy is there. It's just, this is where heat fans are going to be like, well, the Udonis contract, <laughs> I know I'm going to start hearing this again from everybody. Uh, I mean, is he a player you'd be afraid to lose, I guess? I think that the Haslam thing isn't to worry about because I feel like the Darius Day spot is the, the revolving door. Like, that's the revolving door to me. Like, I look at that and say, um, I think it's significant. The reason I say it's significant on this very night is because the only reason Jamal Cain was getting that many minutes and getting put in that early before a guy like Darius Days is because he showed something in camp throughout the week. Like he's proven himself and shown exactly this throughout the week to, to allow them to do this. So that's why I think it's significant. I think we're kind of pushing towards uh, that type of range. I'll add in that. I think I like Darius Days' game as well. Like I think he came right in and he, he got an offensive board, which is exactly his game put back in. He told the defender he was too small. Like it was just like a, a, a quick immediate thing for Darius Days to do, which I like his game to get to see a little bit more. But Jamal Kane, man, like just comes in the efficiency, the energy, 
the ability to rebound and hit the offensive glass, uh, defending KD and like not backing down. Like, like he's not big at all. Like he's not somebody that should be able to hold his weight in the post. And he was just like kind of holding his own a little bit. And the five steals, like we could talk about the heat as a whole in, in a totally different sense that the fact that no matter who's out there defensively, they are just locked in and just together on rotation switches and all of that that the whole game plan was still that they're going to double who was ever on the ball. If it's KD, they're, they're sending two. They're going to just rely on their rotations. And that was what led to Jamal Cain getting five steals. Like, Jimmy just hedges over. KD throws a pass across the court. Jamal Cain just reads it and, and kind of gets it. Like, that type of stuff uh, is just intriguing for a player that's on an exhibit 10. Like, that's the crazy part. But 15 and 11 is a pretty solid game for, for a guy that probably a lot of people don't even really know who he is or what kind of player he is. So... Uh, and he's showing off the jumper a little bit. Like, if any of this stuff kind of evolves little by little, like, that's a guy you want to get on a two-way contract. So, um, we'll see how it goes, I guess. Like, I, I think they're going to kind of evaluate it throughout the preseason. And his minutes are probably going to stay consistent with what we saw tonight. Because I don't think you – this isn't a time you want to see anybody else. His time is to see the Exhibit 10, see the two-ways. So, Let's see some Darius days. Let's see some Jamal Kane, And probably by the start of the season, you can make your decision from there because they, I don't think they want to make that decision and kind of lose a guy like that uh, moving forward, especially considering we keep talking about the fours on this roster. And then all of a sudden a four just kind of just makes himself available right here to kind of be useful throughout the season. Yeah, and again, Days did play later in the game, so that's true. He just didn't play uh, with the regulars, so I should have clarified that. Uh, Marcus Garrett, I know people are talking about him. I I don't know. That's a two-way also, but I don't know. And this comes in from, from Mark M. Take Marcus Garrett's two-way. We know Marcus Garrett has one elite skill. I just, I'm waiting to see the rest of it. Uh, and and it's a team that's really guard-heavy uh, at this point. Alex, I do want to bring you in. And then uh, on the sole second half of the episode, the way we're doing this these days after the break is we're just going to take questions, comments. If you super chat, we will absolutely read your comment. Um, and we'll try to get to some others. I do want to get to one veteran tonight. But before I get to that... Alex, the, the the one young guy who popped the most for you tonight was? Oh, always with the tough questions, trying to hold me accountable. I don't blame you. Off the top of my head, I'm going to say Jovic, but it's it's not easy to say. Like, you guys were talking about Jamal Kane. I thought he was great tonight, you know, so I think it would have been uh, one of them too. But Jovic really just has these flashes that stand out as like, okay, the talent is there. Um, you know, I, I heard when you guys were going through it, you know, the the reading of the game is there, even though we talked about how he's skinny and, you know, may not be able to play much this season because of the way that the Heat do things. You know, he's 19 years old, but he showed you why uh, teams were thinking about taking him in the top 20 there, why he was kind of, uh, you know, going in mock drafts in that area there. So I think uh, you look at the skill level that he has and the fact that he's actually able to show you stuff in consecutive games, right? Not that he, like, scored a bunch or made a bunch of plays in the, uh, you know, the scrimmage and the last preseason game, but I do think he, you know, showed you little by little that he can do more and more, right? Whereas Summer League, I felt like he had kind of an uneven um, series of games there where he had one that was nice and the others he was just kind of out of the way. And Brady mentioned that he's one who, even though he was the first-round pick, was, uh, you know, more than happy to, defer which i know can sound as a bad thing and you know like a bad thing when you say it like that it has a negative connotation i just think that jovic is a smart player and you know like leif said it's a position of need so i i the fact that he's showing out now like it would be really interesting if he could actually make that a real competition now to like actually get into the rotation earlier than we thought 
because I really didn't think he would be a rotation guy um, this season other than, you know, when guys are out and things like that. But Jamal Cade, like, as of right now, after that, I'm probably uh, taking away Marcus Garrett's spot from him. And I really think Marcus Garrett is an incredible defender. But um, I'm, I'm still – I still got to see more from Darius Days. As far as Garrett, I feel like we know, um, you know, what he is and isn't. And you also know what you have on the roster, and you have really good point-of-attack defenders on the roster. So, I mean, when you're talking about Vincent, you're talking about Oladipo, I, I, I don't know that you necessarily need him. Uh, it, you know, this feels a little like Briante Weber, a guy they kept bringing back. but Pat Bev 2.0? Yeah, well, I, he has some of that skill set, but they just don't need that right now. Like, I feel like they have that. All right, I want to I want to mention uh, one more spot, one sponsor here. Uh, actually, before we get to that sponsor, let, let, let's get to one more uh, topic here. I just want to do this quickly because a lot of conversation about you know Jay Crowder still, right? And I feel like these things are intertwined because if you've been if you're if you have developing fours on your roster, why are you going to trade assets for Jay Crowder? That's the way that I view this. And then I see the way Duncan Robinson played tonight, and I'm kind, I understand the contract situation, but I'm kind of thinking like, okay, like is the upgrade to this roster, if you have other options at the four, so significant by trading Duncan's deal to get Jay Crowder, right, or including Yurt with him when you may need another big or Deadman or any of the others to make a deal work, is if 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 Duncan Robinson is going to show the other things tonight, they, they, people are calling him Sioux Falls Duncan again because there was the dribble drive game. There was, he was setting guys up. I mean, he looked like a basketball player again tonight. And 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 I've said this about Duncan. I feel like Duncan's going to have a good year because I feel like the weight is off his shoulders. Like last year, it was the contract, and he has to live up to it. Nobody's expecting anything from him now, which is what his whole career was until last season. And I just think his head is clearer. It's what he told me. He didn't recognize the player that he saw last year. Um, I, I'll start with you, Brady. I, I like Duncan's game tonight. Again, I know it's preseason. I know not everybody's playing, but it, there was more variety to it again. Yeah, I think, first of all, it, it's still crazy to me to watch the fact that he's out there with, like, four of their Exhibit 10 contracts in two ways. Like, to see where we've gone to is still kind of wild to me. That, But I think these reps are important because the, the role he's playing out there is basically – Asking him to play, a, be a higher usage player and a more on-ball player than he probably he's ever been in a heat uniform other than Sioux Falls. Like, he's running pick and rolls. Like, he's getting paint touches. He's he's making playmaking moves and passes. Like, that stuff could be crucial because I think we all agree that, okay, like, he's going to probably have hot and cold stretches from, from shooting-wise, but we know he can shoot. If he's able to kind of manipulate defense in that way from time to time, because I don't think the, the the handle is like what you want constantly being able to being shown, but getting those paint touches and, and causing defense to collapse little by little as a shooter like that, like that can make the difference. And these reps could be important. So uh, it all it takes is is a couple good games to get him back because that's what it is with a shooter. Like all you need is a little bit of a rhythm, and all of a sudden you're back in the mix, but. To your point about the Jay Crowder thing, the only thing I'll say is, like, I don't think this – like, it doesn't change anything from the fact that you don't give up assets for Jay Crowder. I think that's pretty clear. But to the other point, it's like, just because we're seeing a couple of these fours play well, like, we don't yeah. want Jovic or Jamal Kane starting at the four in the postseason. So, like, <laughs> like I think it's, like, fun to talk about it right now, but, like, big – Speak for yourself. <laughs> that's a good point. I'll speak for myself. I don't want to see that right now. So, I'll, I'll say that uh, – I just don't know. I still think that there's going to have to be that search, I guess, moving forward. But maybe, hey, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe Jovic turns into Jokic and, and we're in a different spot. 
See, the Duncan contract, though, for me now, I'm at a place where, no, we need to hold on to that, and we need to use that in a much more meaningful way than Jay Crowder. So for me, I'm like, okay, if we want to do a Jay Crowder deal, let's wait till December, whatever, 15th or whatever that date is, uh, and take Dwayne Dedman's expiring deal and some other minimum salary and get within 125% of his 10 million Jay Crowders and get him like that way for nothing other than just basically swapping parts so like that you know i could be in on something like that i'm less in on using duncan's contract in that fashion because i think they're gonna have to gear up for something bigger at some point all right we're gonna get to the comments here in a second so keep them coming we appreciate the super chat we'll definitely get to we do want to tell you but there's another sponsor here um, of the five reasons youtube channel and the five reasons sports network it's water cleanup of florida if you got a water leak you don't know where it's coming from. You're dealing with water or mold damage or home or business. They got over 60 years of combined experience. Michael, Robert, and the team prepared to handle all types of leak detection issues, 24 hours a day, 365 days a year. And I can tell you this, they're honest. They came to my family's house. They didn't think it was it was a job for them, so they didn't take it, okay? But they can handle most jobs in South Florida. In a base in Boca, they, they service Dade, Broward, and Palm Beach counties. Reach out to Michael on his personal cell at 954-579-0356. That's 954-579-0356. We know with the hurricanes coming around, possibly again, may, may actually get hit by this one, the next one, which who knows, on the east coast of Florida, and you're going to need help. So get this phone number, okay, get this website. Again, it's, it's actually wcufl.com. It's for wcufl.com, or you can just go to water cleanup. Uh, uh, florida.com 954-579-0356 there's another phone number on there which is a 561 number which you can call so water cleanup of florida if you got the schmutz they got the guts save big on brunch for mom all in the kroger app get 16 ounce packs of flavorful angus 90 percent lean ground sirloin for 4.99 each with a digital coupon then buy two get two free on 12 packs of delicious coca-cola pepsi or seven up all with your card Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. All right, let's get to it. I don't know if we have the guts for this. This is our guts segment where we're actually going to, we have the guts to go to the comments. Let's see. I'm going to, Manny, we're going to throw up five. Okay, we're going to throw up five. We go to Super Chats first. Okay. Super Chats first. Manny Chang is our producer. Again, this is the first time we're trying this. So as long as Manny is still there, throw up a comment and we'll get to it. Otherwise, I'll just read them. I think I took Manny's by surprise here. All right. So we're, we'll go. We'll go. We'll go. Manny, you're still there. Manny's watching the Eagles right now. All right. We'll get to a, we'll get to a few of them here. Um, here we go. This comes in from Jackson Porter. Thanks for the donation. Uh, are they just being cautious with Vic? I thought we would see him get a lot of run this preseason and get him acclimated. Love the work you all do. I can tell you, and I'll go to Greg on this because uh, as well, but I, I checked in on it today. Uh, I don't see any reason for concern. I, I this is, uh, this was kind of part of the plan. My understanding of it. Uh, when I, when I talked to Spo a little bit on the side in the Bahamas, he said, we're going to work him in. We're going to get him his rhythm, but we feel like we got a little bit of a cushion this year. Last year, everything was on the run. I can tell you, and again, this is the kind of conversations I've had because there weren't a whole lot of people in the Bahamas. There were six media members total. Uh, so I got a lot of time with people. You know, Eric basically said, like, looking back at it, he can't believe Vic did everything he did last year. Like, he basically joined a moving train, 
Okay. And they had no chance to get anything. He's had a whole off season. He looked great down there. I've said, you know, the names that I, they got mentioned to me the most about having really good off seasons were Tyler hero and Victor Oladipo. So um, I think they're comfortable with it. Greg, do you have any information that would be different from that? Because I haven't heard of an injury setback. No, I walked out of the office today and immediately saw that, um, that he wasn't playing. And to me, it was weird initially. And then I was immediately uh, drawn toward Anthony Chang's article where he, I guess, spoke to Spolstra maybe yesterday or today. Oh. And they essentially, he verified that it was just that he's done a ton of work to get ready for the season. And he's gone really hard prior to them getting to this point. So they're resting him. So false alarm. I didn't mean to alarm anyone when I said that it sounded weird on the Twitter timeline today. All is well, it appears, with Victor Oladipo. All right, line up the next one, Manny. We're going to go to Alex on this one. Well, this is a – well, I don't even – what is that, KES? I don't know what that is. I, is that – I looked it up earlier when it first came in because I was curious and never seen it before. It's, I believe, Kenyan, Kenyan currency. Wow, very nice, Michael. We appreciate that. We have fans in Kenya. You know, did you, know, did you do the conversion, Alex? We'll, we'll, we'll do I the did. Conver- don't say it on the air. We're going to read Michael's comment, though. But you, don't, do you know, people don't know 5% of our audience here on the YouTube channel is from the Philippines because of SPO. So we do, have, we do have people who watch all over the world. Uh, this comes from our, our, our guy Michael here. He fans who trust the front office more. I'm not going to throw this one at Greg because I know what he's going to say. Um, but, I mean, Alex is one of the pulses of Heat Twitter, even though you avoid it uh, at times. I mean, I mean, there's a whole there's a whole subsection of Heat fans that doesn't trust anything the front office does, right? I, but I mean, are we going to look at this offseason differently if they have two more young guys pop? Hmm. Interesting question. No, but really, I think uh, like, can you imagine just Jovich like coming out and and you know being this contributor? You know that that you know none of us. Saw coming, you know, maybe you get better contributions and from a guy like Haywood Highsmith than you see coming. I don't know. And all of a sudden, like the rotation just it's not really much of a question anymore. That would actually be, uh, I think, the one way where the heat front office comes out of this just looking incredible. Right. Especially if Oladipo is having a, a real bounce back year where he's where he's like leading the six. Uh, Jesus, he's being you know, the, the six man and leading the bench unit with Gabe Vincent. Like, I just think if everything goes right for the heat, as far as, you know, specifically with these young guys that we spent the, uh, you guys have spent the show talking about. um, I think that's how they end up coming out looking smart. I just think like, I mean, first of all, I was looking through Jamal Kane's box score. My God, he was just all over the place. Yobich like gave you two steals. It's like the, the type of contributions that they get from multiple people you didn't expect almost every season now is kind of what leaves this, um, interesting, right? Because it's like, what if they end up having 10, 11 rotation level guys by the end of the well, season? I'm not talking about Jamal Kane, but you know what I mean? Like, it's just, you never know. It's It it seems like they could get right back there quicker than we may have expected without a trade. Well, Alex, the other thing about that is that if they end up with a few of these guys popping, they have more players to include in trades when, if they do want to consolidate later on, um, which is something... They didn't really have this offseason, which people didn't talk about, but they didn't have a ton of tradable contracts uh, and players they can move. All right, let's get to uh, let's get to three more. We'll do these quicker. Um, this comes from Prod, uh, Prod by Pack TV. Duncan better have a good year. I think we're definitely expecting him 
to hit shots. I, I guess Brady, it matters if he's in the rotation or not to a certain degree, but I, I just don't feel the pressure is the same for him this season. So I, I don't, I don't think we're looking at him as an $18 million player now. Like last year, that was the conversation. Now it's just, okay, can he give them something or is he going to be traded? I think they, I think he's going to give them something. And then I think ultimately he may be traded, but, but I think mm-hmm. he's going to give them something first. Yeah, that was kind of my point earlier. It's like expectations have changed where before it's like, can he play to the level of the starters with with guys like Kyle, Jimmy, and Bam are making this much money and he's the starting shooting guard making $90 million a year. And then now you're watching him at the end of games playing with, with the two ways in Exhibit 10s and it's like things have just – expectations have totally flipped now where it's like he's in a totally different spot than he's been. This is like him starting from scratch. This is exactly where he started in this Heat team was kind of getting through summer league, getting through the, the two-way process, getting through all of this. So now it's him starting over and starting from scratch. And like you said, he has no expectations on him. So uh, my only question is that I keep coming back to is rotationally. If Caleb Martin is the starter, which I think a lot of us kind of agree and kind of are expecting now, how are they going to work in a 10-man rotation of Max and Duncan off the bench together? Which, like I keep saying, I understand they're going to mix and match anyway. Like there's going to be different times for different guys to get in, but it's just a little bit more difficult, like I feel like. And, and obviously, Spo likes to go nine-man rotation. It feels like he's on the hinge of like the 10 mark. Uh, but I feel like they kind of in the regular season, they're going to have to go 10 for most of the games. But I'm interested to see if they do it because part of me feels like just because we keep hearing about experimenting and going through different lineups, that they're going to play the Max Duncan together lineups a lot. And I know people are going to hate it because it's going to be probably bad defensively and there's going to be things that are happening. But hey, if they're shooting really well, there's there's a good enough balance there like if they're both shooting well and you surround him those two with like a jimmy in the starting lineup and you have the rim pressure and you have two shooters like that is a very hard lineup to stop offensively so it's gonna be a lot of experimenting i just feel like duncan's a player you can kind of mix and match in a lot of different lineups but uh and especially like i've been saying with the bench being gabe and depot in the in the kind of starting kind of bench one and bench two in that backcourt those two need shooting around them and i guess it's not the worst thing in the world to kind of pair them with some bench shooters you're muted. All right. See, I told peak, you we're working out. Yeah, peak form. Peak form. Uh, we got two more, two more, Manny. One for Greg and one for me. Ron Baker. It's all fun during the regular season. We'll see how these project players go missing during the playoffs. Concern, Greg. Oh, yes. I mean, doom and gloom. The season is over. No, we're, we're reaching that point of the show. I, I will admit, and let's ground ourselves in reality as we kind of close here. It is only one game. And we are reacting to what we just watched. And it was obviously a fun 48 minutes of heat basketball where we saw some cool things, but we got to see more of it. And this is the thing about this team throughout this entire season that I do think is interesting is that um, there is a large uh, portion of the fan base that does not give a flying bleep what happens in the regular season. Mm-hmm. They want to see it in the playoffs. And mm-hmm. so that is not just about the project players. That is about some of the guys that are pl- playing at max or near max dollars. Well, so, I thought I thought Kyle Lowry tonight was worth watching for that reason because he, exactly. looked, a little, he looked a little bit more like himself today. But again, is he going to hold up into the playoffs? Is he going to stay in shape? And is he going to contribute more than he did last season? All right, last one uh, here. We do want to thank our sponsors, Water Cleanup of Florida. I do want to mention before we go, Prize Picks. Use that code five F I V E. People know prize picks help sustain the network in a lot of ways. So give it a shot. Okay. Use that code F I V E. Get your initial deposit matched 
up to $100. This comes from our guy, Marco. I know he's a regular follower here as well. Are we forgetting? I'll handle this one. Are we forgetting how Jay Crowder played when he was in Miami? He was great. We need something like that. Here's what I'll say about Jay. I, I, I have a lot of respect for Jay and what he did here. I don't think they make the finals without him a couple of years ago, even though it's being a little exaggerated, some of what he did in that postseason. He had one good series. Okay. The others were kind of up and down. Um, I don't think he's the same player he was two years ago. He's got a lot of wear on him. The three-point shooting we know comes and goes. My whole thing with Jay is, would he be a nice addition to the roster? Yes. Do you trade significant assets for him at this point? No. I, I think they can get by creatively without him. And I also think a lot of the conversations we've had about P.J. Tucker lately, which I saw this is actually starting to get some some wind here on Twitter, and this is something we've been saying a lot, is that when I talked to Heat officials, they wanted to keep P.J., but they also felt P.J. limited them offensively because there was really one spot on the floor that he was operating from when it really mattered and now they can be more flexible offensively because they have more places that they can go. And in some ways, although Jay doesn't necessarily just play in the corners, he limits you offensively also because he's a guy that you can sag off of. So I'm okay with acquiring Jay Crowder, but I would not do something significant to get it. I were, no, 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 we're closing. We're already at 36 minutes. What, there was someone to... that was promised to be read, so I was trying to, like, you yeah. know what I mean, do right by them. Read it. Read, read, it. That. read it. We're not going to start – Put there the ball in Jovic. In these days, uh, someone else tried the pronunciation on this because I'm not going to do it. Mitswaki. Mitswaki. We'll finish. He also way. pointed out that Jovic was uh, getting playing time at the five, which I don't know if you guys have brought that up earlier or not, but um, that was that was interesting. So we'll discuss it on another episode. Thank you very much. We appreciate it. We are going to try to keep these tight. Thirty minutes. We're at thirty-six, so we will work on our efficiency here. Overall, again, thanks to our sponsors. This is going on the podcast feed. So if you, if you just caught part of it, you can catch it again on YouTube or you can catch it on any of the podcast feeds. Have a good night, everybody. Thank you for listening to The Five on the Floor on the Five Regional Sports Network.